When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? I am doing fantastic. It's been a minute since I've talked about my food eats. I used to, <laughs> Your food eats? I used to tie in some food eats every now and then, but uh, this morning, went to breakfast, and uh, ordered my breakfast, and the lady brought the complete wrong thing. Oh. Okay, so I got it quick. Are you a uh, send it back and have them fix it, or are you just, you know what, I'll just eat it? If It's a matter of degrees. Sure. If they brought me the whole wrong thing. Mine wasn't completely wrong, but my sides were all wrong. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really wanted grits. Do you like grits? Is I do it, not. Not one bit. No, Nobody really likes grits, no. I think, other than me and like three other people. But she brought the home fries. Long story short, I was kind of craving the grits. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll eat the home fries. But eventually uh, elected to get the grits brought back out, at which point she knocked my tea over. Whoops. And spilled tea all over my notes. Oh, for no. This wonderful, I, for those of you that I don't have all this knowledge memorized, yeah. I write down notes on my Microsoft Word. And uh, my notepad, and it's a uh, paper notes. Paper J- notes. JP goes paper notes. In the age of digital, JP goes paper notes. So, uh, I'm digital everything. Yeah, I'm I'm old school. Uh, wow. Right. So Where's did you get the grits? I got the grits. Okay, and that's when she spilled the tea. And that's when she spilled the tea on your notes. On my notes. So that's going to wrap it up for this Thank episode. You so much. So so there'll be names that I might botch because there's tea blots that have ran all <laughs> yeah. over this, but we'll we'll get through them. So um, today we're talking about Wit T Houston. Oh yes. Hey now, Bazinga! We get better with age. That's right. Like a fine wine, we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, today's gonna be fun. It's Today be a good one. we're continuing our Black History Month celebration uh, with one of our favorite African American artists, the legend, legendary diva Whitney Houston. Uh, we're gonna go. You could go any number of Whitney Houston tracks and just have a blast. Uh, but we're gonna go. We're feeling. We're kind of feeling like a like a party. You know, we're kinda, gonna dance. We're gonna just. I want to dance with somebody who loves me. That's right. Not just anybody. Right. It's got. I'm gonna we, be selective. We gotta have a real connection here. You know, I'm not just looking to hook up. So uh, we're gonna. Kind of makes me want to do the Running Man with somebody who loves me though. <laughs> when you play this particular track, kick it off. Let's do. It. Let's. This is. I want to dance with somebody. Parentheses who loves me. By Whitney Houston from the album Whitney. Everybody say it. Still in a 
put our purses in the middle of the floor in a circle. <laughs> We're grooving. <laughs> We're gotta, gotta do it. That's I want to dance with somebody, parentheses, who loves me. Rob is going to enunciate the parentheses. Oh, like, every time. Every time. Because nobody, like, I, first of all, I'm a big fan of parentheses in song titles. I just am. I don't know why. I like it. I like to do it when I write my own songs. If there's an opportunity, I'm going to go parentheses. Shania Twain likes exclamation, exclamation points. points. Rob likes parentheses. I like parentheses, yeah. So um, this is, uh, I want to dance with somebody, parentheses, who loves me. Rob by- likes parentheses, parentheses, in songs, yes, close parentheses. Absolutely. Uh, by Whitney Houston from the 1987 album Whitney. Whitney. Cool Whitney. Whip. Cool whip. Uh, written by George Merrill and Shannon Rubicam. I hope I'm not blowing those names. Um, I, well, most I just hope I'm not blowing Rubicam. I know how to pronounce Shannon. So... <laughs> Um, watch George. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll talk a little bit more about them because they're not just your everyday writers. Uh, they're not just just songwriters. Uh, we'll talk more about them in a little while. Let's talk a little bit about charts and awards, and then and then right off the bat today, I'm going to hit us with a side road. Okay, uh, that just kind of blew my mind. So, but a um, little bit of charts and awards on this song. It won the Grammy for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance at the 30th Annual Grammys. It went number one in 16 different countries. Wow. Uh, Wikipedia says 13, but I count 16 in the same article. So, <laughs> I, you know, whatever. Uh, always do your own research on top of whatever Wikipedia tells you. Um, and here's where we're going to hit a side road. This song is number 264 on a chart that I've never heard of before. Okay. Uh, but I definitely want to know more about the Billboard All-Time Hot 100 chart. Okay. Launched in 2018 to commemorate the 60th anniversary of the Billboard Hot 100, which is the standard for charts in the U.S. If you want a song, if you, if you want to uh, gauge the the hit, you know, popularity of a song, you go to the Billboard charts, right? That's sure. that's the standard. And the Billboard Hot 100 is the all-encompassing. It's every genre, everything that's out goes into the Billboard Hot 100. Um, so. Th- uh, so they launched this in 2018 to commemorate the 60th anniversary of the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, its qualifications seem a bit nebulous, um, but it's labeled as, quote, the 600 most massive smashes over the charts six decades. Um, so apparently it's just the biggest songs of all time, according to Billboard. Um, but I'm going to tell you, it's a bit startling. It's a bit startling because... I don't understand it. Like how they rate it? There's some, it feels like it's inconsistent to me. So why, why don't I, I'm just going to do you, this is going to be, we're, I'm going to start looking to this chart as we're, you know, we, we talk a lot about the Rolling Stone, yeah, we always top Rolling 500 Stone. and, you know, whatever. But Billboard is, is a, I mean, that sh, that's reasonable. They're a powerhouse as mm-hmm. far as this is who you go to. But a, hit, I'm going to hit you with the top 20. Okay. okay. As quickly as I can. And this is all time. This is all time okay. from 60 years of the Billboard Top 100. These are the, quote, 600 most massive smashes over the charts six decades. I wonder if that's based on playability or – anyway. That's it. the only qualification given in, in the chart article. Okay, so here's – 20. Okay. Just outside, by the way, just outside the top 20, honorable mention, uh, goes to our season three, episode two subject, Brian Adams, with parentheses, everything I do, <laughs> I do it for you. Okay. That's number 21. Then the top 20 continues with number 20, Foolish Games slash You Were Meant for Me by Jewel. Number 19, Tonight's the Night by Rod Stewart. Okay. Now we're talking 
That's not even the best Rod Stewart song. Uh, okay. You're okay. going to, there's some serious inconsistencies here or things that just don't make sense. I need some explanation. So if you work for Billboard and you're listening, please tweet at us and let us know what's going on. Uh, number 18, Endless Love, Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Number 17, here's the first kind of real head shaker, Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes. Like, great song. Number 17 all time <laughs> on the Billboard? I don't understand. Uh, number 16, Yeah, by Usher featuring Little John and Ludacris. Which fits in the same category as this tune. Sure. Yeah, it's a good... This is a party starter. It's a party jam. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll get people on the floor immediately. Um, number 15, Unbreak My Heart by Tony, Tony Braxton. Braxton. Okay. Number 14, We Belong Together by Mariah Carey, a song that I don't even know. I'm totally unfamiliar with. I'll sing it for you. Apparently, it was like 2005, yeah. comeback song for her and huge, but I just missed it altogether. Okay. Number 13, Closer by The Chainsmokers. Really? Awful new. I mean, to be all time. It's not even the best song out now. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, like, okay, number 12, Hey Jude. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I get that. Okay, I'm with you there. Number 11, b- bigger than Hey Jude, all time on the billboard is You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone. No. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, and then, okay, this is where it starts to get really weird. This is the top 10 we're getting into. The top 10 on this Billboard all-time chart, number 10, Physical by Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> what are we doing here? What are we doing here, fam? I don't understand. Uh, number nine, Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. Cool song. What's it doing on this list? Number eight. Oh, my gosh. Number eight is the Macarena. <laughs> Los Del Rio, the Bayside Boys remix. The Macarena. Oh, my goodness. Let's go back for a second. Number 12 is Hey Jude. That's awesome. Number 8 is the freaking Macarena. Number 7 is I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. Number 6 is Party Rock Anthem. I don't understand what's happening here. Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO is number six. Number four, and, Cupid Shuffle. Exactly. They just number like the Number three, jam. the train. <laughs> Two stops this time. Uh, so, like, okay, first of all, hold the phone on LMFAO for one okay. second because I didn't know this. Did you know that the two members of LMFAO named Red Foo and Sky Blue, those are their performance names, did you know that they are the son and grandson of Barry Gordy? No. Like the Motown guy, oh, Barry Gordy. They are his son and grandson. They're cousins. And they, yeah. Or I'm sorry, no, un- they're uncle, uncle and nephew. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and so one is Barry Gordy's son and the other is Barry Gordy's grandson. So weird. Yeah. Anyway, so here's the top five of the Billboard all time Hot 100 list. Uh, How Do I Live by Leanne Rimes, number five. <laughs> number four, Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars. Number three, of course, Mac the Knife by Bobby Darren. What? Okay. Number two. This one hurts. I'm not going to lie. Number two. Smooth by Santana Santana. featuring Rob Thomas. (laughs) Number two. 
And number one, you want to just take a stab? It could be anything. It could be. I don't know. Celine Dion. It's, uh, it's, a, it's as good a guess as any. Wait, it, it's got to be Dancy. Uh, it is Dancy. Jump actually. around, House of Pain. <laughs> nope. Older. Think older okay. Dancy. I'm going to go. I'll give it to you. You'll never, yeah. you'll never guess it. But it is Dancy. It's The Twist by Chubby, Chubby Checker. Checker. Right. The number one Billboard Hot 100 song oh somehow of all time by no metric that I can understand. They're like, we need a dance song with movement. It's either the YMCA or The Twist. We'll yeah. just pick The Twist. Exactly. So come on, baby. Let's do The Twist. So anyway... I, I've got to know more about this list because I, it feels like it should be used in our context. But I, I, if you can make sense of that list, like if you're a code breaker out there, yeah. if you, you know, if you can read the Matrix, this is for the computer nerds that listen to us. Please figure out how they put this together. Seriously, if you can make sense of that top twenty and, and extrapolate the merits of those songs and how they fit together, please let us know at Great Song Pod on Twitter, at Worship Nerd, at Penny Trader 10, or on our Facebook group, Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. Uh, anyway, so but this, anyway, we're not talking about any of those 20. No, we'll I, don't, talk, I don't even want to talk about about half of them. You we're going to talk about what, 264 or 264? 264. Which is, I want to dance with somebody who loves me. Should we play it again? <laughs> I feel like we need a refresher to cleanse the palate. Oh, man. Okay, so... Uh, let's talk a little bit maybe first about the writers. Um, George Merrill and Shannon Rubicam together are a duo uh, collectively known as the band Boy Meets Girl. Uh, they're best known for their 1988 single, Waiting for a Star to Fall, uh, which I don't know if you're a fan of. I'm a huge fan of the song. It's one of my, like, I don't know if Guilty Pleasure is the right you word. You play but, a sampling of yeah, it let's, so they know what this let's is? Let's hear a little bit of it and see what it sounds like. I'll have a confession. The reason I had you play it for the crew is because I wanted you to play it for me. I don't think I've ever heard that song. Really? Never. Wow. Maybe I'm the only one. You guys out there probably agree with Rob on what a wonderful smash this is, but I've never heard that. Oh, Sounds man. California Dreams is to me. Oh, it does. Oh, which it is surprising very California to me that Dreams. I've never heard this because I'm a huge California Dreams fan. I love it. I keep a, just a, a random playlist on my phone that if I just want to just hear a bunch of random songs, and that is one of the first ones that I ever added to that list because it's just... I, I don't have like particular moods in which I want to hear it, but just sometimes I just want to hear it. You know what I mean? Sure, that makes sense. I, love the, uh, it. I do think it's interesting that George, who's singing the lead vocal on there, is singing in Whitney's range. Yeah, so that's probably why he writes so well for for them. Yeah, because he's, they have a similar range, and that's that's the dude carrying the lead vocal there. Yeah, that's George Merrill. So George Merrill and Shannon Rubicam uh, are uh, boy meets girl, and they're still they were they met at a wedding. Uh, and they both did music at the same wedding and eventually got a relationship, started writing together, got married. They have a daughter, I believe. Um, and then they got divorced, I think, in like 2000 or early 2000s. But they're still making music together. Like there was one of those deals where you're, in music you find a good partner. Stick and unless something real bad happens, you don't let go. If you find a successful you know, musical partner, um, then you continue that through whatever you know, relationship stuff you might go through because it's – you know, It works. Yeah, it works. Um, so, 
Um, by they, the way, I just I just realized in researching that the cover of that album, I don't know if you probably don't even I've know I've never it, seen the cover because I've never heard I, it. I've always kind of glossed over it and just thought it was something to do with the 1987 Beauty and the Beast TV series with Ron Perlman and Linda Hamilton. Do you remember that? Not at no. all. Anyway, I think maybe George Merrill just kind of looks like Ron Perlman, and the cover is that kind of pose. It's like kind of her up against his chest, and I don't know. I just always looked, looked through it and never paid much attention to it, but I thought... Why do I think this has something to do with Beauty and the Beast, the TV show? It has nothing to do with it. Anyway, maybe something's wrong with me. I don't know. Um, the duo also wrote uh, Whitney Houston's single, How Will I Know, from her debut album, which was uh, Whitney Houston, entitled Whitney Houston, um, which also hit number one. So, like, they kind of got in a groove. That album was writing for Whitney. Oh, you yeah. You have everything off that? It's got Saving All My Love For You, How Will I Know, Greatest Love Of All. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. Did you, read, did you read the controversy about that first album? She got disqualified from Best New Artist with her first album. No, b- why? B- because she was a guest vocalist on Jermaine Jackson's and Teddy Pendergrass tracks. No way. So she was a guest vocalist, and so she got disqualified as Best New Artist when this was her first album. Big controversy, Lame. and this album would have destroyed oh, everyone in that. Man. It was huge. Wow. But, that know. is lame. I know, That's right? Some, I, I call shenanigans on that one. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, but the song that we're covering is from their sec- from her second album. That's correct, Whitney. 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 So they okay. So they also wrote uh, um, "How Will I Know" off that first album, and so after that they continued to kind of try and write toward Whitney as an artist. Um, and initially they pitched what became their own signature song, which was "Waiting for a Star to Fall." They pitched that to her first. They wrote that for her with her in mind, um, but the record company turned it down. They didn't think it was right for her, so they went back and they wrote. Uh, I want to dance with somebody and laughed all the way to the bank, which was right for her. to the end of time, which was absolutely right for her. Um, so yeah, they have their own, uh, version of, I want to dance with somebody. Do you want to hear it? Play it. Let's, let's hear a little bit of it. This is, is this boy meets girl. I think this is a, their demo version. Okay. So pretty similar. I mean, you definitely, you know, there's a lot that I, I didn't expect it to sound that much like Whitney's, uh, but a lot of it really does. It's just more, hers is more pop, you know, and theirs is more, more synthy and yeah, theirs is um, more rock. A little bit more rock. So hers is a little more pop, a little more funky. Um, and uh, that is uh, Shannon Rubicam on vocals, not George Merrill. Um, but yeah, so there's, I think the thing that Whitney Whitney added is at the end, the little tag, don't you want to dance, do you want to dance, don't you want to dance, that section Whitney added. But every, pretty much everything else, even the somebody, ooh, somebody is there on their original demo. Um, so the, the, kind of a cool story, actually. The story goes that they, that they rushed to the airport to hand deliver it to Clive Davis, who is like legendary A&R guy, producer, you know, music business legend Clive Davis. Um, and he was, he was who was working on the project with Whitney. Um, so they hand delivered it to him so that they could get it to him before he left town, right? They took him a cassette. Um, so they handed him this cassette demo that they recorded on four track, by the way. What you just heard was on a four track. Wow. And they just bounced, bounced it, it down. bounced. Yeah, ping pong, ping pong, ping pong to get it to that point. Um, so they they said, you know, we want you to hear it. And if if you don't want it for Whitney, if you don't think it's right for Whitney, then we're going to record it because we're working on a Boy Meets Girl album. And um, 
So they said he gave it a quick listen, and they said they said something unrepeatable and polite company, and told them <laughs> that in no way were they getting it back for themselves. Uh, so he immediately knew, like this is the smash w- it. Yeah, this is it. So um, yeah, uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, you got anything else on George and Shannon? Not on them. Um, I got some album stuff. I don't know. If yeah, me too. At... Hit me with something. Um, we talked a little bit about the first album. Um, it's got "Saving All My Love for You," "How I Know," "Greatest Love of All." Second album. Had four singles that peak at number one, yeah. which is huge. I mean, this one, didn't we almost have it all? So emotional. And where do broken hearts go? Yeah. Which meant that she had seven consecutive number ones. Yeesh. Because you got these four and then the three from the previous. It's like, what in the world? And she's following my, she's following my pattern, by the way. Of if you want to be a forever legend, <laughs> make a good album and then follow it up with yeah. a thriller two, bad. Yeah, exactly. Make two consecutive. <laughs> Just smash albums, uh, and and you become an all time legend. So that's I'm marking that one for me. Until somebody <laughs> breaks that pattern, that's like an all time top level, you know, A plus legend. Uh, then I'm gonna I'm gonna hold to that. Um, here's something I found interesting. I don't know you probably you don't have the album covers in front of you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you look at these so you can see. Oh, these. I know what they look like. Okay, but- so here's it, this is what's funny to me. The album covers I I would think would be. Flipped from, okay. from what you would find in a normal artist sort of because the first one's like all Indian look like all she looks older yes. and more the, conservative exactly. and the second one it's like eighties pop fun. like big hair yes the yeah. the, the first it's, album cover is it's called Whitney Houston and it's got her picture on an, like an orange uh, or peach background that matches her dress it's going for an like an elegant very dignified serious yeah. vibe yeah it's it's set outdoors she's wearing like a dressy top uh pearls and hanging earrings and her hair is pulled back super tight the second album is the opposite in every way the second album is fun young in a studio setting in front of a, just a gray screen tank top hair all over the place like you know what i mean hair, hair is blown out um it looks more like what i would expect from a first album uh-huh. Then and then the second one going when you're trying to like establish yourself later as like a serious artist, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, so I just thought that was weird looking at this. I've never never thought about that before, but it's they're polar opposites. She looks a lot younger in the second one. Yeah, I think. like it's like this is the, the yeah. teenager version. Exactly. And- it- even the font is different. Yeah. The, the font on the first album is is like, not block letters, but like classy, elegant, you know, type set. And then the and then the second album is handwritten with splatter. You know what I mean? It just says Whitney, and it's and it's got like splatter paint, you know, stuff on it. It's 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 weird. Yeah, that's an interesting. Like, good notice. I would not expect. Uh, uh, what what was the. Um, what was the breakout song on the first one? Uh, How Will I Know? How Will I Know? I would not expect How Will I Know to come from the first album. Mm-hmm. I would expect it to come from the second from one. This one yeah. You know what I mean? Which is, I mean, obviously it sounds, it's very similar I in put feel. Where Do Broken Hearts Go yeah. on the first one? Yeah. I would have traded these songs exactly. based off cover. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very, very interesting. Uh, what else you got on, on the album? I know it's certified nine times platinum as of November 1995. I think by now probably it's. Ten, it's got to. I mean, especially when somebody passes, their record sales go up. You know, you know, it's just a reality. Um, but uh, oh, so. that seven consecutive number ones was a record that passed the Beatles and the Bee Gees. So that's oh. still a record for seven consecutive number ones. Wow, that stands. I mean, that's yeah, like that's nigh unto impossible. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's. I mean, it's not the Macarena or anything, <laughs> it's, but it's pretty good. It's no Los Del Rio. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on now. <laughs> I've got yeah. a, I've got to meet the band section. Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's jump on it and meet the band. Let's meet this digital band. <laughs> hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. 
Hey mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the band that played on I Want to Dance with Somebody. Parenthesis, who loves me? Hey. Um, for Whitney Houston. Um, on drums, Narada Michael Walden yeah. played with Jeff Beck on the Wired album. Stuff with Jacko Pastorius, Ray Charles, Elton John, and Aretha Franklin. So yeah. played with some big name hitters. Um, on synth um, and co producer on this, uh, Walter Baby Love Afanasif. I'm not okay. botching the last name, but it's A A. Seems likely that you're botching the last name. I-E-F-F, for those of y'all that are writing down as we're talking. That didn't help me at all. Not a bit. Did the synthesizer work. Produced probably the worst song ever written, My Heart Will Go On, by Celine Dion. <laughs> um, also stuff with Richard Marks, Kenny Loggins, Destiny's Child, Ricky Martin, and Leona Lewis. So I was like, oh yeah, Leona Lewis. Isn't she that girl that does I Love You Always Forever? And I'm no. like, no, that's Mm-mm. Donna Lewis. Yeah. So I love that song. Which, Where you, I like that song, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. I that's what I was getting. It's, so, it's adorable. It's a good little... I'm so glad you like that song. Yeah. It I makes mean, me feel happy. Me, too. You've got the most unbelievable... <laughs> Nailed it. I've ever seen... It's just so... Her voice is kind of tiny oh, and it's cute. so good. She sounds like... She, she sounds like, like cute Asian things. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, just cute. Like, she, she sounds like a cute ceramic Asian animal <laughs> waving at you. Yes. That's funny. That's amazing. Donna Lewis, we love you. Um, on bass synth, yeah, dog. Randy yeah, dog. Jackson. It's a yes for me, dog. From American Idol. Lost 114 pounds in 2003. Good on him. Gastric bypass surgery. That's awesome. Uh, Journey album. That's, his, that's, that's the his accomplishment. Yeah. Good Journey. job, Randy Jackson, on that <laughs> gastric bypass. Good job. You played for everybody and yeah, produced everyone. Planet. His second album was Raised on Radio, which we talked about with Journey, Journey before. Give me Ross Valerie all day, but also did stuff with Aretha Franklin, Celine Dion, Gross, Striper, yay, yeah. Madonna, eh. Tracy Chapman, neat. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Hey. Pass. And the, di- <laughs> and the Divinals. Do you know the Divinals? Oh, yeah. They did. I, I touched myself. I, exactly. Yeah. I touched myself. So all this, I'm just going to cut that as a clip. <laughs> that's gonna, how we're going to bring us in. Yeah. That's going to start off the podcast with yeah. I touch myself. Um, Randy Jackson. Okay. All this Randy Jackson American Idol talk leads me to if you could kick one American Idol judge in the face with no repercussions. Who do you pick? You pick Randy, Simon Cowell, Paul Abdul, Nicki Minaj, oh, wow. Mariah Carey, Steven Tyler. Who do you kick in the face okay. with no percussion, repercussion? 15 years ago, I would have told you Keith Urban. Okay. I didn't even write him on my list. When when he first came out, he just seemed, um, yeah. to me, to not – there was something that didn't seem genuine about him. Man, I like Keith Urban. I, he's a I, great guitar player. Yeah, fantastic. I think the, the longer he's been around, uh-huh. the cooler he's gotten, and now he just kind of – I don't know. Yeah, he's phenomenal guitar player. And he's there. Like, now we're cool. You know what I'm saying? We're fine. I think I'm just slow to warm up to guitar players. <laughs> you're all, it's insecurity. All you it is is insecurity. You could have been Keith Urban. Yeah. So you're like, <laughs> no, I could not have been Keith Urban. Let's not pretend. Um, but uh, yeah, if I had one I could kick in the face, um, <laughs> I mean, Simon is mean, but he's funny. Yeah. Like, I don't think it would be Simon. It would probably be. Nicki Minaj I guess, for no reason. Yeah. I didn't I, have an answer. I don't that. have a good reason. I just, I just wanted to list them. <laughs> um, on guitar synth, Corrado Rustici uh, played with Aretha Franklin, Kenny G, Andrea Bocelli. Yeah. Um, he does all kinds of random instruments like the mandolin flute and a, something called a tastier. Do you know what that is? Tastier? 
T-A-S-T-I-E-R. He gets song credits on a lot of these albums for playing this instrument. I don't even know what it is. I probably should have looked at it. Testier? Those of you Testier players out there that know what it is. Send us a like. I know what I know what that is. I know what a mandolin as an is. adjective. Yeah, it's you know tastier. I mean? like, like this is yeah. tastier than that. Yeah, that's yeah. this is tasty, but this know. is tastier. Guess I should have done a little more more research on that. But on percussion, percussion, percussion. programming, um, Preston Glass, great first name. It's my middle name. Um, produced Natalie Cole, "Miss You Like Crazy," and Kenny G. Songbird. So he's pretty well set um, just for producing those songs. Um, alto sax, Mark Russo, sax player for Tower of Power. Pretty big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also did stuff with Richard Marks, Michael Bolton, Kenny Loggins. On Simmons Drums, Greg GG Gonaway. That's, so, that's a lot of G's. That's a lot of G's. Um, I guess GG makes sense with Greg yeah, Gonaway. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I looked up his credits. This guy plays cymbals on tons of albums. Cymbals only. Natalie Cole, Aretha Franklin, George Benson. Couldn't they just pay the drummer? To do the symbols part? Yeah, that seems odd. He's got tons of credits for symbols. Like, I don't, what? I, and I imagine that's probably a suspended symbol sound where maybe. you, you know, with mallets and it kind of goes, yeah, yeah exactly. That kind of but thing. But can you just pay your drummer yeah. to do that and save some money? And yeah, why would you not just be like, I mean, what kind of what kind of exquisite touch could you have on symbols? Zil- on pasties. To be like, Zildjans. yeah, to be like, you know who we need on symbols? We need Gigi. I grabbed him Sabian B8s because yeah. we're about to kill it. <laughs> That's right. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, I thought that was neat that this guy made a pretty much a career out of playing cymbals. If you go yeah. look up at all his stuff, and, and on this, he played the Simmons drums. Which are, let's, we might explain. You talk a little bit about okay, what so, Simmons drums are. So in the 80s, we had the advent of like electronic drums for the first time. Uh, you know, we'd had drum machines and stuff like that that were kind of coming into prominence. And actually, we'll talk a little bit about the drum machine from this song because it's a classic. Sure. Um, but um, the, the, we had what's called the, the first big drum set that was that was got popularized was by this company Simmons, and they're just big octagon slabs of uh, like I don't know if it's like nylon or rubber. It's like rubber and just big rubber pads, and uh, and they would set them up, you know, snare two toms and a thing, and a uh, you know a low tom and a and a kick, um, and they were like. They have a very distinct sound. If you listen to the Van Halen 5150 album, for one album, Alex Van Halen switched to electronic drums, and it's it's Simmons pads. Um, they've got this sort of – they don't sound like real drums. They sound electronic. It's like – it, it sounds like electronic drum, drum sounds. Like yeah. you can t- they're not trying to sound like a drum kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Simmons drums themselves have a very unique sound. Um but anyway, that's what they were. They're just big, and but people stopped using them because they're hard. They're harder on your wrists than real drums. It's kind of like hitting a. It's kind of like hitting a you know a table or something with drumsticks instead of a drum head that that gives Has a, a little, little give. Bit. Yep. So now drum sets mostly come with these like mesh tops that feel more like, like a real Roland drum. V drums are probably the most popular now, now I would yeah. think of electronic drums and yeah. they look completely different than what the Simmons look like yeah I think Rob did a great job describing the set it'd be like if you put like bases like from baseball yes. to me on a on a stand yeah. and you're like you go hit these bases yeah. that are filled with concrete exactly. for like yeah and that's kind of yeah. what it looks like I remember the first time I didn't remember it until I started researching this, I was like, when did I see these played for the first time? I saw Mylon Lefevre and Broken Heart wow. play in the 80s, and their drummer 
used Simmons drums all yeah. the time. So um, anyway, good job, Gigi. You mentioned Rollins. Do you do you have something about the Rollins? Because I don't want to steal your thunder. No, here. go ahead. You're good, okay. man. So the the while we're talking about drum sounds, the loop that you have at the beginning of this um, is it just a classic. You know, it makes you feel so good immediately. Um, Might be a good time to tie it in. We can if you want to play a little. Yeah, one second. All right, so these cool drum sounds you're hearing, uh, um, most of them come from a sequencer called the Roland TR-808. Now, if you're familiar with hip-hop culture, you're probably, you've probably heard the term 808 in several songs. You may not know what it is. That's what it is. It's, it's this, based off this Roland uh, drum sequencer that became legendary. And, it, and it's got these um, bass drops in it that you always hear that's like, I, I can't like imitate it, but you always hear these boom, boom. Those kind of things. Those came from the 808. And it's got a, you know, there's a 909. There's a 707. It's, it, was, it was just one in a series. 808 referenced in I Like the Way You Move. Yes. When you hear that B-A-S-S bass. That's right. Now, I know y'all went to that 808. Can you feel that B? Yeah. Okay. So, um, exactly. So, uh, that's that's what the, the drum sounds on this are. And it just happened to catch on. Like, that particular one is still being used uh, mostly in digital versions. I don't know a ton of producers out there still with the like analog, you know, 808. There, I guarantee you, there's people out there who are still using them. But um, and there's you know, somebody that's still out there use it just to say, hey, I use the absolutely origin, sure. I've got nostalgia. the vintage gear, sure. Yeah. Um, but this was the you know the early 80s you know drum sequencing like this sort of became popular. It was a big part of 80s music. Like it's part of the whole synth edge of, you know, the eighties was these drum sequencers. So that's the eight Oh eight. It's a classic. It's a legend. It's still being used right now on records, you know, all across the country. So that's the, the I just thought that was cool that that, um, was a good, good way for, in, for us to introduce it. Surely we've heard it in a song, in a song that we have, uh, covered before, but we haven't really had a, that's so obvious at the beginning that it, you got to talk about that drum sample. You good, know? good, good, uh, dynamite drop in there, Rob. Thank you. Um, in keeping with the synth theme on synth horns, a guy named Sterling, and I couldn't find any idea who the heck this guy is. Interesting. So I looked up Sterling and got all over the place, but never got <laughs> Sterling synth horns, tried everything I could. So Sterling, sorry, we got your name in here, but I know nothing about you. On background vocals, blotted out by the sweet tea. I think it's Jim Gilstrap, if I'm reading this correctly, <laughs> but there's lots of tea all over this part of the section. Interesting. So he did do, uh, he wrote the theme song for Good Times. Do you know no. that theme song? You know, I can't. I'd never heard the theme song. I knew the song. I didn't know I know it. they say they sing Good Times, like Good Times, but that, if could, you pl- I couldn't give you the melody or anything. So I just started, I played it while I was typing my notes. And so, you know, if you've ever looked up something like that on like YouTube, it'll just keep playing like different like it'll go to the next <laughs> you one. You go down the rabbit it'll hole. It'll go down the rabbit hole. So every season to me seems to be in a different key. Oh, really? It was weird. Like the first season, you know, it's here. And then I was like, it goes to the next one intro. And I'm like, whoa, they changed keys. It's just so weird that the theme song changed keys. I don't know, by half steps. Kind of interesting. That's really strange. Um, he also sang with Stevie on uh, You're the Sunshine of My Life. Um, background on vocals on Grease. Um, he did... Uh, he did a song with one of our favorites, Joe Cocker, Him yeah. for My Soul. I don't know if you know that. Which I don't. It's a good good song. Um, no Phil Grande on that album. Yeah. Um, but a crazy story about that song. That song was written by a guy named Andy Fairweatherlow, who mm-hmm. we know, Clapton's guitarist. Yeah. So he wrote this song, does this really neat, there's this amazing guitar part underneath this song, this Him for My Soul song. 
But Andy Feather, Fairweather Low doesn't play guitar at all on any of that song or that album, which is huh. weird to me that if you're Clapton's guitar player and you write this song that's really guitar yeah. cool, you'd want to play the part. Yeah. But he didn't, actually. Albert Lee, Mr. Telecaster, oh, well, okay. played guitar on that. So. All right. Fair enough. Anyway, sidebar there. Other background vocals that I'm just going to list their names because there's um, Kitty Beethoven, Kevin Dorsey, Myrna Matthews, and Jennifer Hall. So that's the Meet the Band section. A lot the, of personnel on this song. A lot you know, of personnel. Lot um, and then I've got... Whitney Facts, because she's a part of the band, but we, Absolutely. Can, we can hit those here in a minute. Let, let, no, let's talk about Whitney. Let's just keep going. Most awarded female artist of all time. Legend. Guinness, Guinness Book of World Records. Of the, okay, so World, in, World Records. In, like, in like the mid-late 90s, you know, you had the, like the VH1 started doing the Divas concerts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so they, they start kind of putting all these uh, female artists in a class together, and this obviously diva was not a new term uh but but it but they you start thinking of these singers in in that kind of terminology you had Whitney Mariah uh you had Aretha you had Celine Dion um I'm trying to think who else uh that they you know I think that might have been the original Patty divas LaBelle concert probably Patty Bell yeah I I would put her maybe a st- I don't know man you can get Somebody in trouble. Out there listening. You can get in trouble saying something like that. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> we'll leave that there. <clears throat> but I, I'm just saying, Patty probably would have been in the second concert if I had been in charge. You know, uh, who do you? Where do you put? Where do you put Whitney on the Mount Rushmore of divas? I, I mean, first of all, can we just agree she belongs on the Mount Rushmore of, of divas? Well, since I work for Billboard, I'm going to put her just below Kim Carnes <laughs> and Jewel. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. No, she's definitely up there in the in the pantheon of, of divas. She's on my Mount Rushmore. It's yeah. her and Mariah Carey are the two that immediately stick out to me. Yeah, there was um, a big deal where I, I I remember something like the MTV Video Music Awards where they weren't sure if there was maybe beef between them, and then they came out and presented an award together and kind of played off of that, sort of like a Prince and Michael Jackson, yeah. you know, maybe friendly competition, uh-huh. you know, that kind of thing. It was a big, it was a big like, ooh, are they gonna get along? Is this gonna be fine? Jordan. Uh, uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Yes. Yeah, uh, exactly. Of the divas. Yeah. Um, she started singing at church, don't we all? Uh, <laughs> in 92, she did that Bodyguard movie with Kevin Costner. That she Bodyguard also, movie. She also did another movie, Waiting to Exhale, and another movie, yes. Preacher's Wife. So I was looking back. Oh, real quick thing. Preacher's Wife is the best-selling gospel album in history. Did you really? Know yeah, The wow. Preacher's Wife. It's got, I mean, I knew it was popular, but... It's got that I Believe in You and Me, the Four Top song, uh-huh. and the Who Would Imagine a King, but it's the number one gospel album in history. Wow. So good job on that, Whitney. Aside from that, I have a theory that Whitney... You know, they say that everybody gets better with age and everything she touches turned to gold. Mm-hmm. I disagree with really? this on Whitney, and here's why. Her older albums, Just Whitney and I Look to You, are Awful. <laughs> I don't know any songs off of the album. Really? None off of her newer stuff. Can you name a modern Whitney song? I go, well, see, okay, for me, modern, I'm you can't stuck. can't say 90s. I'm, yeah, I'm stuck in like 1995. No, like, so, like, so I'm still thinking Shoop from Waiting to Exhale. Yeah, no. and You know what I mean? Because she the, said she had stuff in 2003 to 2009. And here's why I think that Whitney got worse with age. Even <laughs> that stuff like that you mentioned was good, but. You start with Saving All My Love, uh-huh. How Will I Know, Greatest Love of All, I Want to Dance with Somebody, yeah. Didn't We Almost Have It All, So Emotional, and Where Do Broken Hearts Go? That's your yeah. first seven. Yeah. I mean, you really can't go up too much No, you cannot. Well, I'll tie it in a step further because her third studio album, I'm Your Baby Tonight, I like that song. Uh-huh. I think the, the title track is great, but that's the only song on that album that's worth anything. And she even did a song with Stevie Wonder on there, yeah. which is awful that nobody's <laughs> ever heard. So I think... With age, okay, but, she got worse. If you take away the bodyguard, okay, that's what I was going to say. If you take away the bodyguard, because the bodyguard soundtrack is huge. Bodyguard soundtrack is monstrous. 
but it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, I don't know, it's not a Whitney album. I guess she does most it, of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, does she get credit with it? Does she do the whole album? Is yeah, it, it's like all her stuff. It's I'm Your Baby Tonight. And, Run to You. You know, yeah, and, and of course, I'll, uh, I'll, always, I'll love always Love You. Okay. So like. Slight example, slight exception to the rule there. But other than that, I don't know. I feel like she got worse with age. You, How do you feel about, where do you stand on I'll, I'll Always Love you? you? Are you like, give me Dolly or give me Whitney? Or <laughs> just like the thought on the song? Just the thought on her version, I guess. It's. I think it's powerhouse range. I think it's strong. I don't ever crave that song, though. I'm not yeah. like, I'm in the mood to hear I Will Always Love You. I turn and, it off. Yeah? I turn it off. It's that, I can't stand... To hear that one note get hammered that many the times, the it's nine. yes, that one. it's like sing a different note for me, <laughs> please. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's nothing against Whitney. It's just she's so strong, and and all I get is that note getting crammed into my face <laughs> for like four minutes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it goes up a key, and yeah. it's bigger, and it's just more, more of that note. Like <laughs> get me away from That's this awesome. note. It's taking over all the space in my life. That's it's hilarious. cramming me into a corner. I have to get away from <laughs> it. So I just turn it off. So good. So awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I, R.I.P. Though, yeah, oh yeah, R.I.P. By the way, Whitney. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I've got on the the meet. The, did this song remind you of "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" by Cindy Lauper? Does it give you that vibe? It's better. It's the same kind of groove, same concept. Yeah. But I, but I think that's about where it's where the comparison stops. I did read that like people that it got knocked a little bit maybe by a few people because it felt like that. But who cares? Like, are you telling me that there's not 15 songs on the radio right now that, that aren't sound. at the same tempo with kind of the same groove? That had okay. that same boom, boom, boom. underneath <laughs> exactly. it. I mean, same loop. That was really good. Was it good? That was good. That was, was that Party Rock Anthem? I don't know. Was that the number eight song of all time? No, that was actually the number six. Whatever. Oh, uh, okay. yes, yes, sorry. Like, that's right. That was um, Foolish Games by Jewel. <laughs> yeah, I did. I think. That's a stupid thing to say. Mm. I think that's probably due to the fact that they were female artists, yeah. that criticism. I don't think you would say that to two guys. You know what I'm saying? I just don't. It's it's one of those things that I, it stands out as a really weird, unnecessary comparison Comparison to yeah, make. Because why? The, you know, okay, they're the same tempo, and they have a strong beat. Okay, cool. And there's a girl bouncing around singing all happy that she <laughs> wants to dance. Yeah, exactly. have some fun. Who cares? Um yeah, that's um, you know really interesting. I, I don't. I really. We're all about celebration here, so I really don't want to get into kind of the the more negative aspects toward the end of Whitney's life. Nah, let's you keep know, it. Let's keep it. She married up. Bobby Brown. That was all weird. That was her prerogative. She passed tragically, um, uh, you know, a few years ago. Um, but that's about all I want to say about that. I, you know, we we're we're about the love, and we want to celebrate. So. Where does she rank on your Star Spangled Banners of all time? Oh man, is she I, the? I don't know if there's a better one. I'd have to Her, agree. Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Uh, and then you had Fergie at that random NBA, NBA <laughs> right. game. That's I'm right. just kidding. And Carl Lewis. Um, We've talked about these before. Carl, yes, Carl Lewis. The, yeah. uh, that was a big Super Bowl too, because that was was that Buffalo Bills. That was Bills Giants. That was the Scott Norwood missed field goal. Okay, and that cost them the Super Bowl. Yeah, big, big one for you, Super Bowl fans out there. Yeah, legendary, legendary performance. Random fact from that Super Bowl: I think Otis Anderson was the MVP. OJ Anderson, who wow. nobody even knows, okay. running back for the Giants. Good there job. You. I have no no clue. Used to um, watch that Super Bowl all the time because I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, so that's about all I have. You know, a couple of other random thing. I did not realize for some reason up until recent history, I always thought the greatest love of all. Was by Dion Warwick. Really? I, I don't know why. I I just thought it was. I would have told you like ten times out of ten it was Dion Warwick. And then I go. Eventually, I started the tide started to turn in my mind, and I go, no, that's Whitney Houston. Um, I don't know why. I think I have a theory why because 
she believed that the children were the future, uh-huh. and Dionne Warwick looks like a grandma. <laughs> so she would be the one that would say, right. we should teach and, those kids well. Well, and she does the psychic network. Right. So she tries to see the future. That's right. So it's all tied in somehow. <laughs> but you know what I think it is? They're cousins. They're first cousins. Oh, really? Their mothers are sisters. How Sissy, about that? Sissy Houston is Whitney's mother. And I thought you were going to say Sissy SpaceX. Sissy, yeah. I was like, Sissy SpaceX was in Carrie <laughs> and Coal Miner's daughter and has nothing to do with this conversation. But Sissy Houston is Whitney's mother, and um, and uh, her her sister is Dionne Warwick's mother. Awesome. They're first cousins. So I thought maybe they sound a lot alike, and I've just always. But so I, I started listening to some Dionne Warwick last night just to see. And they don't really. Dion Warwick oh, has a very your Spotify kind of, playlist is about to be just messed up. Yeah. If you've been listening to Dion, Warwick. I know, right? Yeah, I'm just gonna get like, uh, um, like astral plane projection music, <laughs> and you know, weird. Um, My you dad know. calls her Dion Warlock. Sure, which course. is funny. It's funny. It's kind of kind of a play on kind of a play on words. Uh, yeah, she ha- Dion Warwick has more of a classic sort of Motown. Voice. It sounds like her voice is from a previous generation, yeah, almost. If that makes sense, mm-hmm, it's more of in that like Diana Ross kind of um, you know vibes. Great voice, great songs too. I was like, oh, I, I like these songs. I didn't realize you know some of it was hers, but uh, but yeah, first cousins. Dion and I still don't know why. I always thought uh, the greatest love of all was Dion Warwick. Maybe I saw her singing on some show or something, and I have no clue. And just always associated with it. Um, anything else on Whitney on the on the album on the song? It just feels good. I, I do want to say the the song part of the song. The idea behind the song is unique. Um, there's a lot of songs about I need to find somebody to dance with, right? There, you know, it's like I just want to go to the club and and you know get my groove on with somebody tonight. But this song takes it a step further, uh, and we kind of joked about it at the beginning of the show. But uh, you know, this this one they said the thought behind it was I want to dance with somebody. Parentheses. Who loves me? Who loves me? I want to make a real connection with somebody tonight, and and then and only then will we dance. You know I what I'm saying? A, I got a challenge for all you podcast listeners tonight. Those of y'all that are in a serious relationship Uh-oh. and you're happily married, like me and Rob, or seriously dating, not to each other, not to each We're other. We're happily married to, to other to people. women, yeah. to other women. Play this song tonight and dance with someone who loves you. Yeah, put it on and have a good little dance session in That's your right. house. It's That's a, right. We're going to inspire you to to go be happy. Don't you want to dance? Say you want to dance. Oh, you want to dance with me, baby. And then, but then you have to do the big gang vocals at the end. Dance. Yeah. Uh-huh. You got to do the the lowest one that you can. And see who can do the better. Dance. Somebody who. <laughs> yes. Somebody who. We uh, Crystal will beat Rob in that contest. Absolutely, yeah. We'll destroy him in that. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we just send you out with some more happy vibes? Yeah. Let's let's take you out with uh, you know we'll kick it somewhere toward the end of the song. Thanks so much for listening. Listen, make sure you get out there in in podcast land and on the internet. Tell people about the show. We've we've really developed some fun relationships uh, in our Facebook group, uh, Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly on Twitter uh, at Great Song Pod. Go to greatsongpodcast.com. You've got all the uh, episode archives. We've got T-shirts and merch available for you there now. Um, And just enjoy. Tell somebody else about the show. We've developed some super fans, and uh, we're randomly sending out merch to those people. We're sending out stickers and some love and some other stuff, autographed pieces of paper and (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, everything. So, uh, So who knows? You know, comment. 
show us some love online and, and uh, we'll get we'll get you a DM and maybe get some stuff to you. So absolutely share the love. Go and see us at greatsongpodcast.com. We're, we're in the middle of Black History Month, so we got a big artist we're we're bringing it on That's home right. with next uh, the the following week, the last week of this. Can't so wait. Next week it's gonna be a fun little nugget of goodness. We're gonna do our first listen along. Uh, we had we had a great success last season with our listen along of Ten Summoners Tales album by Sting. This uh, this season we're gonna hit you to end up Black History Month with the Jimi Hendrix experience and the album Are You Experienced? So I uh, hope you're ready. We're gonna we're gonna put that one into your Spotify playlist and uh, your your Just Apple Music. Along with us. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna listen along next week to uh, to round up Black History Month. Until then, I'm Rob. And I'm JP. Let's go listen to some music. <laughs> <laughs>